Our NFL draft class film study continues, and Cody Malk is a mauler. And we tell you exactly where he will fit in on the Bucks depth chart. That and more on today's episode of Locked on Bucks. You are Locked on Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. <laughs> What's up and welcome to the Locked On Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Please subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts so you always get the latest episodes when they drop. I am James Yarko, Deputy Editor of SB Nation's BucksNation.com, joined by my son, Devilly co-host, Mr. David Harrison. You can find his work over at BucksGameDay.com, part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. Of course, you can follow everything on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, and at DHarrison82. And now you can find us and the rest of the Locked On family on the SiriusXM app. Locked On and SiriusXM have partnered up to make sure you have access to the best locally focused coverage of the Buccaneers that you could possibly get. And soon you'll be hearing our melodious voices as your primary Buccaneers guests on your favorite Sirius XM shows. Yeah. And the great thing about that is we can tell people who have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers ranked as the 31st team in the National Football League how wrong they are because unlike national people, which they have a job to do, mm-hmm. I get it, they don't spend 24-7 thinking talking and and speculating about the tampa bay buccaneers but we do and we will be there to help them out and you will be here to help us out that's why we thank you every day for making lockdown bucks your first listen or your first view today and every day especially the everydayers it's a lot of every day because there's a lot of things happening every day unlike with the denver nuggets bench you always come through and you never take a day off so we appreciate you yes yusuf that was for you you're welcome Love Devin Booker, still go Nuggets. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. Visit BetterHelp.com slash on today to get 10% off your first month. Listen, when I committed to betting on the Nuggets for every game in this semifinals conference matchup, I knew I was going to take some L's, but it doesn't make the L's any better. Okay, I'm just, just putting that out there. Um, What does make things better, though, James, is that you and I has been spending some time watching film of Cody Malk, North Dakota State offensive lineman turned Tampa Bay Buccaneers offensive lineman, just like we did with Kalijah Kansi. We each watched two games, so we have four games total here for the Lockdown Bucks program to share with our uh, loyal listeners and the loyal Buccaneers fans out there who are still here, even though Tom Brady is no longer with the, the organization. The first game that I watched was the 2021 Week 11 matchup, North Dakota State at Youngstown State. Shout out former Ohio State head coach Jim Trestle, who started his coaching career at Youngstown State. Great story he once told as an offensive play caller for the first time at Youngstown State. He ran the ball. I can't remember exactly how many times it was in a row, but not only did he run the ball, it was the exact same run call. His head coach asked him, hey, Jim, when are we going to run something else? He said, Coach, when they stop this, we'll do something else. Love it. Absolutely love it. Anyway, how about in this out, game. How about shout out to Bruce Springsteen for the <laughs> awesome song, Youngstown. Okay. Uh, that too. That, that as well. 
Um, in this game, North Dakota State at Youngstown State, 2021, week 11, the North Dakota State Bison, this is why I watched this game, 454 yards of rushing. James, what did the Buccaneers not do very well last year? Run the ball, right? That's the obvious answer. So 454 yards rushing, obviously not just on Cody Malk. In fact, the entire North Dakota State offensive line was awarded offensive lineman of the week. And so it just, just kind of tells you how much they dominated that line of scrimmage. But what's interesting about the entire season, which you're going to get to a game from the season as well, but Cody Malk finished that year graded 92% overall, had zero tackles for loss surrendered, and only one sack allowed in 625 regular season snaps, which is amazing. Now, obviously, again, NDSU, they dominated this matchup from start to finish. It wasn't much of a competition. So why are we watching this game in our film study? Well, because you still want to look at technique, right? And the best thing about a 2021 game is you're looking at technique from the year before he comes out in the NFL draft. So you can look for those advancements in the technique. And here are some things that I noticed in that game. Good foot movement never stops working his feet. It doesn't matter what he's doing, who he's up against, where he is on, on levels of offense. His feet are constantly moving. There were a couple times, James, where he looked a little surprised by speed rush. His left tackle set up, didn't really kick out wide enough. And it almost kind of looked like he said, whoa, you're faster than I expected you to be. Let me get out here. The great thing is he didn't lose form discipline, right? He didn't get all flaily like I would probably get in a flag football matchup if he put me at left tackle. No, his form looked solid. He just extended his stride a little bit. He got out there in front of his guy and he did his job. So even when he's a little surprised, you don't want him to be surprised. But if he's going to be surprised, it was good to see him be able to make up for it. Moved inside to guard for a couple of plays, which I was very excited about because I honestly didn't think that he had ever moved inside to guard uh, at North Dakota State. Looked very, very good there, as you would expect. Get only a couple of snaps, so not a whole lot to take away from there. But what I really liked from watching that first game was the aggression that you saw out of him getting to the second level. It didn't matter what was going on. If Cody Mock could get off of one block and get to his second block, he was going to get there. And he had great balance. Trash laying around his feet, defensive linemen everywhere, some of his teammates lying on the ground, and you rarely have ever saw Cody Malk laying on the ground. And finally, his get off on the line of scrimmage is absolutely amazing like sometimes i swear to you this dude got off the ball before the center snapped the ball it's technically a false start but it's like shaq barrett you know what i mean like you like we've seen the rushes right where shaq tries right. to time the snap and sometimes he kind of misses a little bit but the difference is cody knows the snap count so if he can get off the line that quickly that's going to be extremely valuable for the buccaneers yeah, and again, a lot like our Kalija Kansi episode, which for those of you that haven't heard, I do highly recommend you go back and you listen to that. We saw a lot of the same things. You and I watched different games. We did not talk to one another during our, our view parties. Um, and a lot of the same takeaways. Now, my first game was the 2021 FCS Championship between North Dakota State and Montana State. And again, it was... We are going to run the ball down your throat, and there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. They finished with 380 rushing yards in the game. 268 of those came in the first half. And, and one of the things that I noticed early, we're talking first drive, setting the tone. Cody Malk is very Ryan Jensen-like after the whistle. He doesn't stop the poking and the prodding and the agitating. And if there's a defender anywhere within the vicinity of another guy wearing the same jersey as Malk, he's going to get shoved. And, and I absolutely love that that type of play, as long as it doesn't draw the yellow flag. Um, 
And one of the other things, kind of like what you noticed, he gets to that second level as a lead blocker with such speed and quickness. And, and I think a lot of that is shades of his former tight end life before he converted to an offensive lineman showing through in that athleticism, the quick get off the, the quick movement to get to the second level and start taking out those linebackers and, and forming a path for whoever's running the ball. In this particular game, there were a lot of, of quarterback runs. There were a lot of running back runs. They had one of the best fullbacks in football. And so there were all kinds of carries in, in different directions, but over a hundred rush yards in the first quarter, all to the left side, all going mm -hmm. towards where Cody was. And there were two different opportunity or two different times on the opening drive where Cody Malk just basically shoved the defender that he was blocking directly into another defender and took out two guys with one play. The results of those plays, seven-yard gain on third and five to keep the chains moving, and then an eight-yard touchdown run. So this guy is just, he's a brute. There's no other way to put it. He is an absolute mauler and a brute. I loved the nastiness that I saw from him in that game. Yeah, absolutely. And that was 2021. So in theory, 2022, he might have gotten even better because not only did we study two games 2021, we went and turned on two games from last year as well. That'll give us our four games. And that's coming up next on today's episode of Locked on Bucks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team. Every day in today's episode of Locked On Bucks is brought to you by BetterHelp. It's so easy to get caught up in what everyone else needs from you and never take a moment to think about what you might need for yourself. I know personally, James is like, David, we got to record the show. We got to talk about this. We got to talk about that. I'm like, dude, I just need a Snickers. That's free advertising. Sorry, go eat a Snickers. Therapy can give you the tools you need to find more balance in your life so you can keep supporting others without leaving yourself behind. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited for your schedule. All you do is fill out a brief questionnaire, and it is legitimately brief. I filled it out. It's very brief to get matched with a licensed therapist. And the best part, well, one of the best parts is if your first therapist doesn't work out, you can switch that therapist. No charge, no reason necessary. You don't have to give an excuse. You don't need any type of justification. And you know what? If that one doesn't work out, you can move on to a third one until you find the right match for you. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. Thanks for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or your first view today and every day, every dayers. Tomorrow is WTSP Wednesday. And what conversation with Evan Klosky? would be complete without a Devin White Instagram controversy. So make sure you come back for all the Devin White gramming you can get. My second game that I watched for Cody Malk, James, was the 2022 FCS National Championship. So you watched 2021 FCS National Championship. I won, or I won. I watched the 2022 FCS National Championship. It was a very good game, so I did win. North Dakota State, however, did not win. In fact, they got boat raced by South Dakota State. But <laughs> listen, when you are a run only, I, I'm just going to call it what it is, okay? They're not a run first team. They are a run only team. That North Dakota State offense could have used a quarterback. Their quarterback, no shade, you know what I mean? But completed one pass in the semifinals, didn't complete many more in the finals. And the problem with, for that is the South Dakota State Jackrabbits defense last year, first in FCS at a run defense. And it showed 
but it didn't what over Cody Malk. Have, that's what happens when you don't have Christian Watson anymore. Right. You don't have Christian Watson. Yeah. Cause I mean, he, he made a lot of catches in that 2021 game that I watched that were not catches in 2022, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but here's the thing, right? Cody Malk still looked really good and Cody Malk still won his reps. And, and listen, you, you want the team to win every game, obviously. Right. But you still want to look for the things in this player. And what I really liked about Cody Malk in this loss, because not only is it the end of the season, like there is no tomorrow, there is no makeup game. And for Cody Malk, it's your final game. It's your senior year. There's no more college football for you. Never gave up. I mean, they're down 21 points with like three minutes left, guys. And Cody Malk is still out there with all the intensity, with the red fire flowing out from under his helmet. Um, does get a little bit high. I noticed in this game when he gets bull rushed. And I really enjoyed actually seeing him go up against a better defense, right? Still an FCS defense, but better defense. He does get a little bit high when he gets bull rushed from time to time, especially if it catches him off guard, which I think is an effect from the shorter arms, which is why we expect the Buccaneers to move him inside the guard. More on that in a little bit. So I think when you look at that, are you concerned about it? No, because again, he shouldn't be going up against guys with six foot long arms. He should be going up against defensive tackles who have, you know, shorter, stubbier arms. And so that's not going to be as big of a problem. But like James mentioned, and here's what I love about this exercise, right? Because we don't share notes. We don't cross notes. In fact, I didn't even read James's notes before we hit record. Like I put my notes in, he put his notes in. I don't know if James read mine, but I didn't read his. So when he brings up that tight end background, literally the bullet I have, you see the athleticism that comes with his being a tight end when he got to Fargo. Not only that, though, he's a walk-on tight end. So think about this, guys. He didn't start playing offensive line until his second season with the Bison. He was a walk-on tight end as a redshirt freshman. He redshirted the entire season, but then as his redshirt freshman season, that's his first season. He didn't play line in high school. He wasn't an offensive lineman in high school. He didn't start on the offensive line until 2020, 2021. This dude has 39 starts as an offensive lineman ever, ever. There are, there are college players that get 30, 31 in two years of school, of, of college. Cody Mauk has 39 in his life, ladies and gentlemen. There are multiple reps where his defender goes to the ground. And this is what I noticed from year one to year two. Year one, his guy goes to the ground. He's up. He's immediately looking for another assignment. Year two, his guy go to the grounds. He's seeking another assignment. And to me, that's a little of a different notch of effort. Whereas in the first year, again, what can I continue to do? Year two, it's I'm going to go do something. I don't care if it's a safety 10 yards away. I'm going to go hit somebody. And you love that. And you love the development you see from being a walk-on tight end to a second-round draft pick offensive lineman in five years with 39 starts. That is next-level development. We know this Buccaneers coach prides themselves on teaching. We've seen them teach. This guy is teachable. So again, I'm not saying year one, he's an all pro, but that trajectory, I think, is what I really took away from the second season. Yeah, and for the record, no, I did not read your notes. I just started typing in mine. And uh, yeah, again, it's it's good to see. It's not a bad thing if we disagree on something, but it's also great to see that we're seeing the same things. And we're seeing the appeal of these draft picks so far. We'll see as we get deeper into the class if we start to have some some disagreements. But my second game was a uh, week nine contest against Western Illinois. Now, this game had 30 to 40 mile an hour wind gusts. There was not a lot of throwing of the football. 
And so that played right into North Dakota State's hands. The opening play for the North Dakota State offense, Malk sealed off the left side. The running back runs through the line to Malk's right, 48-yard touchdown run. Just boom, one play, done. On a a third and 10 in the second quarter, again, Malk shows that athleticism. He pulls from left tackle all the way across the field to the right side to become the leader of the convoy blocking on a quarterback keeper. Ended up being a gain of 14 on third and 10 to keep the chains moving. The first three touchdowns scored in this game were all behind Malk as he sealed off the left side, sometimes taking on two guys, kind of like what I had mentioned in that championship. He was taking the defensive end, shoving him into a linebacker, completely sealing off the side and opening things up for the running back. That game ended with North Dakota State rushing for 453 yards and seven rushing touchdowns. Like, this, this dude... If he continues, as you mentioned, this trajectory that he's already shown, if he continues on this level, we're talking Ali Marpet, all pro caliber level ceiling. Like he shows that kind of just straight raw ability and mm-hmm. only having those 39 starts under his belt. In, in this game, somebody was talking about, one of the announcers was talking about a guy who was also in this in the FCS getting ready to start his seventh season of college football. I don't know how you're eligible for seven years of college football, but this dude was about to play in his seventh year. And I'm just like, how? How does that work? Where is this guy, second-round draft pick, fewer than 40 games at, at left tackle? Yeah. No, I mean, it really is incredible. You know what I mean? When you look at uh, the development, and honestly – I mean, listen, we see guys, uh, you know, at the power five level who kind of say, okay, I've got the athleticism, I'm good. And they don't really develop their skill set. Like, you know, I hate to kind of throw shade at, a, at Ohio State Buckeye, but you look at a guy like Dewan Jones, the right tackle, like he's just a massive human being. And he kind of, when you watch him, kind of just says, I'm a massive dude. Like, I'm just going to hold the door and you're not going to do nothing because that's who I am and that's what I do. And when you get to the NFL level and there needs to be some technicality to your game, that can bring up concerns, which is why you see a guy like that maybe slide further than a lot of people expected him to uh, because of that. And he might regret not practicing on three days at the senior bowl. I'm just saying. Um, but yeah, Cody Malk is a guy that already has shown that ability to develop, has already shown that athleticism, the fight, the fire. Uh, yeah, and you mentioned it. I mean, whether he's pull blocking, whether he's pulling from, from a left tackle all the way to the other side of the line of scrimmage or through a gap or he's drive blocking, like, this dude is doing everything. He's kicking out. He's run blocking. He's pulling up the line of scrimmage. He's he's pulling on through the back of the line of scrimmage. Like he's doing everything you want an offensive lineman to do. Again, expected to be a guard, uh, but that's something that we're going to get into here in a minute. Yeah. Uh, so, how does the Bucks offensive line look in our way too early depth chart projection with the addition of Cody Malk? That is coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Bucks. <laughs> Wrapping things up here on the Locked On Bucks podcast, your daily podcast that is family friendly, unlike an interview with Bob Huggins on local sports talk radio. And it's time to talk about the Buccaneers depth chart. We are going to go through 
each of these draft picks. We are going to place them where we think they will end up on the depth chart. And, uh, you know, like some people that do power rankings with uh, five word explanations, we reserve the right to change our minds as mini camps, OTAs and training camps unfold. So, David, taking a look at the offensive depth chart that was prepared and ready to roll uh, in this episode, we see our uh, our starting lineup of quarterback Baker Mayfield, wide receivers, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Russell Gage, tight end Cade Otten, running back Rashad White, right tackle Luke Gedeke, right guard Robert Hainsey, center Ryan Jensen, left guard Cody Malk, and left tackle Tristan Wirfs. Now, As far as the depth along the offensive line, we are going to uh, we're going to continue here. So Tristan Wirfs on the left side behind him, Brandon Walton and Grant Hermans, Cody Malk, the left guard behind him, Matt Filer and Michael Neese behind Ryan Jensen at center would be Nick Leverett Uh, behind Robert Hainsey at right guard are Aaron Stinney and John Molshan. And behind Luke Gedeke at right tackle are Justin School and Dylan Cook. Now, David, this is this is this was really difficult for us to try to hammer down because we yeah. we have a lot of players that we're looking at along the Buccaneers offensive line that we couldn't exactly place because so many of them play so many different positions. And I think yeah. it's it's I'd, I'd like to start here, and I'll kick it over to you. I think it's important to note that the depth behind Robert Hainsey, if he ends up being the starting right guard, you have the the guy who was likely going to be the starting guard until he was injured last year in Aaron Stinney because, yeah. God forbid, something happened to Ryan Jensen and he goes down. I don't think Nick Leverett automatically slides in as the center. I think you move... Hainsey over to center again, and then Aaron Stinney slides up as that starting guard. Uh, but there's a lot of versatility in this offensive line, and, and there's a lot of depth there. Evan has been preaching it for weeks, if not months, yeah. that there is a lot of depth. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons, I think, that while a lot of people outside the Buccaneers organization, and I think that even here, like on Locks on Bucks, we could say that we probably prioritize positions on the offensive line more than the Buccaneers did but not quite as much as even like the national, like the further away you get from one buck, the more those positions got kind of got prioritized, like for the NFL draft or maybe a, an offseason move, uh, things like that. Because when you look at, you know, a guy like Nick Leverett, I mean, you could, if I told you that Nick Leverett was going to need to play in a pinch at left guard center or right guard, any three of those positions, you'd say, okay, not great, but yeah, I could see him doing that. Right. Aaron Stinney, we already know he can be a right, right guard, uh, you know, Obviously, Robert Hainsworth or Hainsworth, Robert Hainsey has done. Whoa, don't bring that name up here. Um, Robert Hainsey has done some good things for the Buccaneers offensive line. And I really think that like kind of focusing here on the right guard position, because this is one of the positions we really had a conversation about was who are we going to pencil in? And it's very important. It's penciled in, right? Uh, who the starting right guard is and even a little bit who the left guard was. But sticking with the right guard position real quick. Robert Hainsey, I basically brought up the point to you that this is your starting center from last year. You know, as as much as that offensive line wasn't great, I think that Robert Hainsey did an honorable job and stepped up to the plate probably as best as he could. You got to remember, we had Carmen Vitale on the show during last offseason. He spent his entire offseason 
preparing to battle for a guard spot. Like mm-hmm. that was Robert Hainsey's intention is, and I believe it was the left guard spot that he was trying to trying to take over. And then boom, in the blink of an eye, you're the center. You know what I mean? Like, so given all of that, given all the work he's put in, I just think you give him first crack at right guard opposite of Cody Malk. And I think Cody Malk, second round draft pick. We look at what happened with Luke Gedeke last year as a third round draft pick. And all through training camp, we were talking about Luke Gedeke is going to get his chance to prove he could be the starter. Just depends on when it comes in training camp and pre- pretty much all saw the writing on the wall. If he's going to get his shot as a third round pick moving from tackle to guard in the NFL, then your third round, your second round pick, sorry, doing the same thing, but looks better, right? Doing it is definitely going to get a shot. So I think that's why you put Cody Malk in there as your left guard, put him next to the all pro Tristan Wirfs, And then you put Robert Hainsey in his right guard and put the, now he's kind of a veteran, right? But you put him next to the other question mark on the right side, which is Luke Gedeke. Yeah. And one name that we didn't bring up that I think is right in the thick of the competition for a starting job is Matt Filer, who we have penciled in here backing up Cody Malk. But you have to remember, Filer played tackle and guard. Now, he's played on the left side, but is he going to get an opportunity to compete with Luke Gedeke at right tackle? Or is that going to be such a mess that they say, all right, you know what? We're going to go ahead and put Filer on the left side as the tackle and and let Tristan go back to right. I don't think that's what's going to happen. I think that's kind of a desperate times call for desperate measures kind of situation if that happens. But you have John Molshon who plays both guard positions. You have Aaron Stinney, who plays both guard positions. You mentioned Nick Leverett, both guard positions and center. Brandon Walton has played both tackle positions. So you have all of these guys that can kind of swing all over the place. And, and even though we have a guy like Hainsey, penciled in as the starter on the right side at guard, that doesn't mean that he's not going to slide over to maybe the left side or end up having to play center. Uh, so the 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 versatility that Jason Light and, and Todd Bowles have put on this offensive line for the depth pieces is really actually impressive, makes yeah. our job he, you know a lot harder to put together a depth chart and trying to place these guys on the right or the left side. But what you have to remember is they're they're – in there, but most of these guys can really go anywhere across the offensive line. Yeah, I mean, there's really like you could probably put together like four or five different versions of this this starting front line, and then you still have you know you mentioned the swing tackle game. You you still have a guy like Brandon Walton who can play multiple positions. Again, Nick Lever, Aaron Stenny. I mean, all three of these guys, Matt Filer. You really have four guys. Is like he's your sixth man, depending on where that sixth man needs to go. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, so it's, it's a really, it's a good problem to have, but yeah, from a, from a show standpoint, it's hard for us to put a stamp on this, say, boom, this is how it's going to be book it right now. Cause honestly guys, like it just, it could go so many different ways, but given our best shot, I think this is our best front five that we can project before we do any camping, before we do any trainings, before we do any OTAs, that's our starting five, uh, for the Buccaneers offensive line. All right. Well, that is going to do it for this episode. And David, it's going to be a little while before we do our next uh, draft class film study. We have WTSP Wednesday with Evan Klosky coming up tomorrow, where obviously we're going to talk about Devin White's comments. And we might give Evan a soapbox if he wants to rant and rave about power rankings the way we did on yesterday. Jim Trussell. (laughs) Uh, And then, of course, You'll you'll be solo the following day, and then we're going to have our schedule reaction 
episode. So we won't get to the Yaya Diaby uh, selection for mm -hmm. uh, for a couple of days. So with that in mind, we want to thank each and every one of you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or review of the day. And of course, everydayers, we appreciate you and look forward to having you come back for WTSP Wednesday. If any of you want to talk about anything in particular, topics, questions, ideas, thoughts, send those into Locked On Bucks podcast at gmail.com or DM at Locked On Bucks on Twitter. Check out everything that David is doing over at BucksGameDay.com. Check out my work over at BucksNation.com. Follow everything on Twitter at Locked On Bucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, and at DHarrison82. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy, fire the cannons. We thank you so much for joining us right here on Locked On Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.